Welcome to Copilots, the podcast where we watch not just the first episode of a show, but also the second. Some shows just don't have the best pilot episode, and giving them a second chance might just change your mind. Here, we take that chance for you, and let you know our opinion on if a show deserves more than one shot. I'm Justice, alongside me is my co-pilot Josh. Now, let's get ready for takeoff. Your in-flight entertainment this week will be... Kotaro Lives Alone. an anime podcast again we're not it can't be again we never were did you know it's been almost a year since we reviewed an anime no we reviewed cuphead not and an smiling friends not an anime they are both works of animation oh yeah they're, they're definitely western animation but everybody in the world knows that an- well not everybody in the western world knows that anime is a shorthand for japanese or South uh, Korean no or... nope you can't add the others because that's when you start arguments okay everybody knows that anime is short for asian animation mm-hmm. except for when it's korean or except yeah. for when it's cg because mm-hmm. then you have people complaining about stuff yeah well anime you... fans are dumb there's there's a pretty like common understanding of what anime is yeah no no i, I understand even though after the last airbender is definitely anime yeah spongebob is definitely anime yeah Cory in the house definitely anime best anime ever <laughs> yeah no but yeah no, the last one we reviewed was sinryu girl back in july yeah boy it's been a minute this is kodora lives alone and even though we review the first two episodes this felt like we reviewed eight only eight yeah maybe nine i was thinking like nine or ten the first episode feels like three or four three or four and the second one feels like four or five yeah yeah it's it's a lot i remember why we avoid anime now yeah yeah, anime be dense as fuck, yo. You know what might be our problem? I don't think, besides Pilot Candidate, which was dumb, mm-hmm. we've reviewed any, like, big shonen anime. Oh, uh, you know? It might r- help if, like, a third of the runtime is just one fight. You're right. We should stop reviewing these heartfelt, adorable animes and review animes with fighting and killing and swords. But I mean, I have to watch anime that I'm not a big fan of. You know, it's actually weird. I was talking to a coworker the other night. Yeah. We were talking about anime. And we both, like, like shonen, right? Like, yeah, it's fine. But what we find is, like, we'll get into a shonen, both of us, and we'll be really excited about it, and we'll get, like, six or seven episodes deep, and then just kind of drop it. Yeah. But then with, like, a cute, adorable thing, like, I don't know, Spy Family, or Bakuman, or... You sit down, watch one episode, not really interesting, and you're like, ah, that seems like a way to pass the time, and then you're like... I watched an entire show. Or begot What the fuck HK. happened? Yeah, you're like, I know I have work in four hours, but the rest of this anime is only three and a half. Screw sleep. Yeah, no, exactly. Like, we get more excited about shonens as a, as a concept. We're like, oh, that looks so cool. But we, we're more likely to binge and enjoy on a deeper level. Yeah, it's almost like that's true for almost all types of shows and books and things where people really enjoy big blockbuster movies. But hear me out. I know pe- some people are going to disagree. Any cultured person, in my opinion, not, not in that form of cultured, not internet cultured, cultured, actually cultured, is not going to tell you their favorite movie is like a big blockbuster. Yeah, because big, big blo- fight things. Yeah, because big blockbusters have no plot or character development. Not true, but definitely not as much character development <laughs> oh, no, no, generally. No, 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 I meant plot and character development. Oh, fuck off. You said you were cultured. Yeah, 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 whatever, <laughs> fuck off. Whereas like a drama or even a romantic comedy tend to have more of those, like actual story and an emotional connection, which, you know, is what resonates with people more often than not. I don't know. Spider-Man had a lot of like emotional connection. I was there. Yeah. The newest Spider-Man? Yeah. Same with um, in- Into the Spider-Verse. Into the Spider-Verse is great. 
Like they both. But like, a lot of what makes Into the Spider Verse great for me is how it's done. I don't know. I think they're both and how it's presented. I, I think they both have actual like large levels of character development and like growth of attachment and emotion. I mean, actual character development. Yeah. For Into the Spider Verse, I don't know so much about character development. Nah, dude. Watch Miles' relationship with his dad. Like not grow. Into the Spider Verse. Sorry. Um, I don't know so much about a lot of character development in No Way Home. Yeah, okay, maybe. No Way Home doesn't have a lot of character I think Peter grows exceptionally well in that. Prime Peter, not... Eh? Hmm. I think it's up for debate. But sh- oh, we're off topic. Uh, I still love to know wrong. It's just eh. I'm not sure much about that. Because Peter is not Kotaro. No. Though Peter does live alone now. I were a... How long has that movie been? Am I allowed to say things now? <laughs> P- Coach Peter is also an orphan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's not spoilers. We all know his parents are dead. Yep. Or they're agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and they haven't been revealed yet. They're probably dead. Uh- <laughs> it's something. So, Koro lives alone. We start with the opening, which is surprising for the first episode of an anime. Normally, it's pushed towards the end. Or yeah. like five minutes into the episode. To be fair, though, this isn't an anime that's done by a traditional Japanese studio. No, this was a Netflix series. Not a Netflix series original, a Netflix series. Yeah, I wonder why that is. So I didn't look up anything about the show. I did. Yeah, yeah. I like, didn't know if, we were reviewing it. <laughs> neither did I. We were originally going to review something else, but while we were eating, we decided to watch the first episode of this because taking notes and eating at the same time is hard. And uh, then we're just like, fuck it, you just want to watch episode two of this? But if I hadn't known from what you told me, my original guess would be that Netflix didn't have any hand in making this anime, but they were the ones who got the licensing rights for America. Mm-hmm. But no, this anime was produced by Netflix. Yeah. Uh, so my next assumption is just that when the show was being optioned and Netflix is the one that was paying the most to commission it, the deal to have it made into an anime was just like, cool, you don't get to call it an original series, though. Yeah, because if you guys don't know how Netflix operates, even if a show has like six seasons before Netflix picks it up, if Netflix makes one season, they'll call the entire series and a Netflix a Netflix original series. Yeah, which, which is disingenuous at best. And a straight up lie at worst. Yeah. But this is a Netflix series, not a Netflix original. Yeah. So the opening, there's not really much to it. Some pretty chill music. And we see the little kid Kotaro riding around like a star. And we occasionally see him interacting with the other denizens we will meet in this apartment building he lives in. Yeah, his neighbors. I prefer the term denizens because it doesn't get used enough. Neighbors. Whatever. Peasant. So the show starts with Kotaro walking up to his new apartment. The Shimizu Apartments. And, oh yeah, actually we get a name for the, for this episode, but not for any other episodes in the series, as far as I can tell. This is this I episode... mean, I can tell you that we do, definitely, I just don't read Japanese. That's fair. This first episode is titled, I Am Kotaro Battle Mode. Yeah. We could imply there's only two episodes in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, the show starts with Kotaro walking up to his apartments, and then we, we cut to him going to a convenience store. Yeah, well, we see that an apartment's available, it's like an advertisement for it, and then he's doing some basic math. That six minus one is five. Mm-hmm. I think he's just counting how many neighbors he has. I assume at this point he already has the apartment. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. So he goes to the local convenience store and he, he asks for tissues. Mm-hmm. The lady there gives him a pack of like the soft tissues, like what you would keep in a purse or a mm-hmm. backpack. or well, More than a pack. Like it's like a f- package of like six. Yeah, it's like it's a package of like four or five. Yeah. And they're uh, all like character packages. So they all have like. Some little mascot on them, very much aimed at children. Yeah, like the Spider-Man ones I used to have in my backpack. I don't fucking know. When I was a child. Sure, bud. And then he's just like, that's not what I had in mind, which he literally says basically like that, because we learned very quickly here, Kotaro is a very well- I have a direct quote from him. Spoken child. 
So he he yeah he's like this isn't what I was looking for, and then he goes and finds the boxes of tissues mm-hmm. like he would keep you know on a table or something. And the convenience store lady goes, "Oh, I didn't know this is what you want." And he goes, "They say that a good beginning is essential to life." Yeah, that's when she asks if he's helping his mom shop. Yeah, he says they say that a good beginning is essential to life. Yeah, and then on his way out, we see that a toy sword catches his eye. So he uh, we then see him walking home with that. He seems pretty happy with himself, which I understand. It's fucking dope. Sometimes there's just a thing at checkout and you're like, I don't need this. But I, I can. I will never, ever actually need this. But for two buck? Yeah, sure, why not? Two fifty for for a sword? Mm, yeah, I think so. Yeah. So then we see him back in his apartment writing some notes, assuming to, to accompany his gifts. So what he's doing here is kind of obvious, I know, to you and me, uh, mm-hmm. just because we've Watch a lot of anime and stuff. It's very common in Japan when moving into a new place to introduce yourself to your neighbors. Think like housewarming classic. Gifts. Yeah, I was gonna say it's well, like a, it's a like housewarming, housewarming gift is for the person moving yeah, in. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a housewarming gift in reverse. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. You introduce yourself. You provide them with a small gift. Nothing ostentatious over the top. Something small like these tissues are a very good gift. A lot of times you gift them something like fruit or chocolates. Mm-hmm. You know, a snack or a food. Yeah. And he's writing a note, though. You know, a snack or a food. Yes, I do know. <laughs> and so he's writing a note and to go along with it, which I'm just mentioning this here because so originally when he was doing his apartment thing, when we first saw it, instead of doing what I would assume most very young children do to count the amount of neighbors they would have, which would be to start at one and go up, he actually does the subtraction for it. Mm-hmm. And then here he writes kind of shakily, but writes several notes mm-hmm. in pretty well-formed penmanship. penmanship. So he's definitely a fairly smart child as well, even if his vocabulary didn't give that away. Mm -hmm. And while he's writing these letters, we get introduced to his next door neighbor, who is a mangaka named Carino. Carino. Carino, yeah. And we get introduced to Carino because we get the sound of a slap. Yes. A woman is slapped Carino. Because he's towed her up. Yeah, he's been asleep the whole time. She's worried. She's been worried about him. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I guess I forgot. I mean, no, I, I was up late working because I have a manga due soon. Yeah. He's, he's a manga cop. He's like, don't worry, Hiroko. I'll make it up to you. She's like, my name is Hiromi. And runs away. And he's just like, ah, oh, man. Oh, well. And then after he closes his door, there's immediately a knock on it. Mm-hmm. And Kodoro introduces himself and gives him the, the Kleenexes, the tissues. Yeah. And the entire time, Kodoro's just wondering, like, I didn't know the apartment allowed well, for tenants like, with young kids. Oh, where are your parents? And he's like, wait, do our apartments even allow young children? And Kodoro responds, oh, there aren't any young children living with me. I have no young kids living with me. And Kodoro's like, that's not what I meant. And then Kodoro's gone already. Yeah. Mangaka is kind of our secondary protagonist. Yes, definitely. We follow him quite a bit throughout these episodes. So we, we follow him after Kodoro leaves here. And he's like sitting in his apartment. He's like, I could really use some food. I'm hungry, but it's cold. It's winter. And well, he says, but I don't want to. And it's winter. Yeah. And then he's like, honestly, I also need to like take the trash out, but it's cold. Yeah. He's like, it's, it's winter. I should probably go to the bathhouse, but I don't want to. And it's winter. I should probably figure out something to do b- before I run out of this prize money I won for my manga last year. I don't want to. And it's winter. <laughs> yeah. It's been his justification the entire time. I like him. Yeah. <laughs> So as he's just, you know, not wanting to do anything, Kotaro rings his doorbell and it's just like, there's no bath. I'm sorry to bother you, but my unit has no bath. Yes. And Karino's like, yeah, most of them don't. Some of them have a shower, though. And Kotaro goes, nods. And he's like, I understand. I have to build it. And Karino's like, no, that's not what I meant. Most of us just use the bathhouse a bit of the way down. The battle house? 
Yeah, it's just there. I see. I must once again fight for survival. No bathhouse. Yeah. So and then <clears throat> uh, very quickly we we just drew a small cut and no, no, Kodo's no, no, already walking away and he's he has carrying a towel. The and best some clothes. part is before that in the middle of their conversation it goes from light outside to dark outside. Yes. Yes. And then we cut to um, Kodoro carrying his bath stuff, wearing his bath hat and everything, walking away. He's like, "Verily, I must be off." And Karina goes back inside, turns on the TV, and as news he goes, "Wait, when did it become night?" Yes. It's. A tiny little gag, but it's hilarious. Yeah. And just because it's a one-off and it's like this third wall break that's just a one-off, very good. Yeah. Enjoyed. And so he turns on the TV and immediately he's just on the news about how a young girl got abducted. And Carter's just like, man, where were the adults at? Like, Where are they at? Where are they all at when this happens? People keep getting kidnapped, but the adults never seem to be around. Where are all these neglectful adults? And he's like, wait a minute. Am I one of those adults? And then he gets up and hurries after Kodoro. Yeah, we immediately got to them both just standing in the bathhouse. And then while they're bathing, Kodoro gets soap in his eyes. Despite the fact that he's wearing his bath hat. It's called a shampoo hat. Shampoo hat, bath hat, I don't give a fuck. Either way. And so he asks for Karino's help, and Karino mm-hmm. gets the soap out of his eyes, and then proceeds to wash his hair, to which Kodoro initially objects. He's like, no, I don't need you to wash my hair. I can wash it myself. And then he's like, but it has been a really long time since anybody washed my hair for me. Well, he, he doesn't immediately say that because uh, Kodoro and Karina's relationship is very much back and forth kind of sassing each other. Mm, yeah. And Karina's like, oh, so you just needed me to help get the soap out of your eye. You definitely know how to wash your hair. And she's like, yes, exactly. Yeah. I, I'm aware. I was just moving through the transaction of that scene. Mm-hmm. I know. I was just establishing that if we're going to talk about more of the dialogue in that scene, it's nice to establish that they have a back and forth pretty well. Yeah. And then on the walk home, Karino starts asking Kotaro about his parents, to which we discover Kotaro doesn't have any. Well, yeah, because on the way back, Ko mentions going back the next day and trying their warm milk. And Karino's like, that's pretty expensive. And Kotaro is like, I'm fine. I have more than enough money. And Karino's like, so what about your parents? He's like, I don't have them anymore. And then Karino is like a little set off by that, but he's like, oh, me neither. My parents died in an accident when I was a kid. He specifically says he lost them. He doesn't say they died. And then he asks how Kotaro even has the apartment. She's like, the dear lords, Shimizu, said it's perfectly fine as long as I can pay rent. And Karno immediately thinks, yeah, that sounds like those greedy, kind of scummy landlords. So That kind of sounds like landlords. Yeah. Yeah, well, not a four-year-old, just because we also get their ages not too long after this. Yeah, it's in the next scenes. Mm -hmm. But because, you know, it's perfectly fine to let a four-year-old rent their own apartment. So we cut to the next day, and Kudaro is knocking on Karino's door while he's watching a daytime drama. And yep. it's actually a daytime drama scene, and the woman's like, and he was years all along. And, and the main character's like, what? Yeah. Talking about a baby, and Karino's like, ah, oh, isn't that just like a normal twist? Then he gets a knock on the door, it's Kudaro. Well, he said, he calls it classic. He appears to have an appreciation yeah. for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which makes sense later when he's getting critiqued for his art style. Yeah. And Kodoro comes by to ask if they can hang out tonight. Yes. We don't know what for, just if Karino will be home tonight. Yeah. So then Kodoro sets off to do some shopping. And Karino follows him because it's a four-year-old wandering off into the city by himself. We don't know he's four yet. We learn very shortly in this scene. I assumed he was older than four. I thought he was maybe five. I assumed he was like seven, maybe eight. No. But apparently not. Outside the store, they run into Mizuki, one of their neighbors. Mm -hmm. And this is where it's established that Karino knows none of his neighbors. He just doesn't know any of the people he lives with. Mizuki literally lives right next door. She is in room 201. He is in room 202. Kodoro is in room 203. There are only three rooms per floor. Six people total. Yeah. Yeah, so Mizuki thanks Kodoro for the tissues. And Karino spends the entire conversation being like, how have I never met her? Also, she's really pretty. And then Mizuki's like, so are you Kodoro's father? Yeah. And that's the first time they get they get mistaken as father and son. But it happens continuously while Kodoro is shopping. Yes. 
And this causes Carino to start to panic because four years ago, he, he and his girlfriend at the time had a pregnancy scare. Yeah. And he's like doing the mental math. And he's like, mm-hmm. how old are you, Kotaro? And Kotaro's like, four. And he's like, oh, no, God. He's like, yeah, I'm 31. And Kotaro goes, oh, good. You have many years left ahead of you then. Yes. And then they're still just shopping a bit. And Kotaro apologizes to Carino for the fact that people have been saying that he looks like his father. He, goes, he only apologizes, though, briefly after complaining about the fact that Carino has caused him a problem by making all these people think that he's his dad. He's like, you are nothing like my father. And, and Kotaro is like, oh, thank God. Yeah. Uh- <laughs> so then they're walking back and Kotaro is extremely annoyed that Carino and I was still following him. Yeah. And, and he's, he's like, like, you're either a servant or you're treating me like a child, which would be very irksome. And Kuro turns around and he's like, you're the one that said you wanted to hang out tonight. Yeah. And Kuro goes, I didn't want to hang out. I just want to watch Tanasamon on your TV because my TV won't arrive until tomorrow. Yes. So then we get back to the apartment and Mizuki and Karino talk about Kodoro while he's in his apartment. Yes. And she apologizes for mistaking them as father and son. And Kodoro's like, you know, for a second there, I thought I might have been his yeah. father. And she's like, well, it's a good thing you're not. And he goes, is it though? Like, I don't feel good about a four-year-old just living by themselves. Like, yeah. even if I'm not their father, don't feel okay about that. And she's like, well, I'm not sure. He's like, well, think about it from his position. Like, he doesn't have any parents. He's living by himself. Mm-hmm. And then we are back to the next morning. No, we cut to a hostess club. Oh, you're club right. Club Dream, yeah. where yeah. Mizuki apparently works, and she's getting her paycheck. She mm-hmm. then immediately gets a text message where somebody's like, hey, you should come over, and also I need money. And she, for a second, it looks like she's not going to reply, and then she's like, I don't know why I do this to myself. Yeah. And then we cut to the next day. Yes. And Karino and Kotaro go to leave their apartments at the same time. Bit awkwardness. And then Kotaro passes Mizuki's apartment. And lingers looking inside because her door is open. And Karina rebukes him being like, hey, it's rude to just look at other people's places even if the door is open. But her door is open because she's passed out in the doorway with a bunch of beer cans around her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Kotaro asks Karino to stay with Mizuki. He's like, you stay here. I gotta go. I'll be right back. Yeah. And Karino goes, I can't just let you go off by yourself. And they have that little bit of argument. Mizuki assures them she'll be fine because she woke up briefly. Mm. He's like, you stay here with Miss Mizuki while I away to the convenience store. Yeah. So they're both going on the way, obviously. And they're running. Yeah. And Karino is constantly complaining in his head about the fact that Kotaro is fast. Now Karino is just very out of shape and slow. You know, it makes sense, though. All Karino does is sit at his table and draw and watch soaps. So as they're running, Kotaro falls. And, and his body kind of like shakes with sobs a couple times. It seems, yeah. And Karina goes, are you crying? And Kota goes, no, I detest crying. And then gets up and continues dashing. Yeah. And then that's basically it for them going to the... Yeah, we, cu- we cut back to Mizuki's apartment. Where Kotaro is now giving her a bottle of some frozen green tea, it looks like. Yeah, I, I thought it was frozen green tea. And she's just like, oh, is this for me? Well, oh, it's frozen. She's like, put it on your eyes. You, you should probably wrap it in a towel and then apply it to your eyes. eyes. Yeah. And she's like, what? Why? He's like, you were crying. Yeah. And then she's like, no, I wasn't. He's like, it's fine to cry. Crying, crying is okay. okay. It doesn't make you weak. Yeah. I'd I would, still I would, respect you. I would respect you no less if you had been crying. Yeah. And she kind of like sobs and is like, you're a good, you're a good person, Kataro. Yeah. And then Karino outside on the balcony walkway because they're on the second floor. Mm-hmm. Karino goes, how did you know she'd been crying? And Kataro kind of deflects the question. He goes, I've witnessed many adults crying in my short time. A popular man has many burdens. Well, at first he answers it very normally. He answers it without deflecting. He says he's seen a lot of adults cry in his time. Yeah. And, then he's and like, Karno looks a bit off, but and then Kodoro kind of cuts in pretty quickly. A popular man has many burdens. Yeah. 
So then we cut to what is presumably a different episode. Like, this is presumably two episodes so far. Yeah. Or, like, like, this show is similar to an eight panel, a four panel. What's it? A four what's panel, it? yeah. Yeah, a four panel where it's just shorts. But, like, they are building on each other. Yeah. Yeah. So we start this new day with Kotaro preparing to clean. He has a broom and a bucket, some yeah, spray. He's cleaning the balcony walkway. Because birds shit on it. Yep, and while he's doing that, Carino's having a meeting with his editor. Yeah, and his editor's just like, the story's fine, but man, the art, it's all kind of outdated. You know the guy who does the, like, eyedrop commercials? No. He was in American Pie. I've got no fucking idea. His voice is like a continuous oh. drone. Uh, he does a Carfax commercial now. Okay, yeah, that guy. You know who I'm talking about, though, and I'm sure many people listening would as, would as well, just based off the things I have said. His editor has that type of voice, and I think it's intentional. I think he... I didn't think so. It's a, it's just a droning, bored voice. Like everything... I don't think it was a droning, bored voice. It sounded like an extremely tired voice to me, which matched with the mm-hmm. fact that his editor had extreme eye bags. Mm. He sounded disinterested and tired. He sounded very tired to me. Agree to disagree. I, I interpreted that scene differently than you did. Mm. But his editor is basically just like, the story is good. Art is super outdated, though. Yeah. And while they're having this meeting, there's a crashing noise, and we cut to Kotoro sitting at a table with a first aid box sitting next to him, and he has scraped up knees. Mm-hmm. And he looks over at the box, clenches his fist, sighs, and opens the box. Then, after the editor leaves, Carino pulls something in his back, like, yeah. and he, like, starts convulsing, like, a, I guess he's having, like, a muscle cramp in his back. Yeah, it happens. I've never... I believe it happens. There's never... a reason why those heating pads for lower back things exist. And he's like trying to get to the closet where the heating pad, where his heating pads are, but he can't get there. And then Kataro comes over and he's like, I can't deal with this right now. Yeah, go ahead and come in. And it's Kataro. And he's come over to show Carino that he has bandaged his knees up on his own. Yes. And Carino's like, like, Kataro's explaining this to me. He's like, yeah, so I had to clean it out with anti with the disinfectant, even though I knew it would hurt. And I managed to not only clean it out, but also put band-aids on it. And Carney's just like, that's cool. And Kato's like, yes, I was very afraid. It's, it was the first time I've done it myself. And Carney's like, did, did you, you want me to say good job? You want me to tell you good job? And, and Kato's like, I wouldn't have you say that on. That that would be embarrassing. You should think about other people's feelings more. And then he's like, okay, well, can you get me my heating pad out of the closet? Yeah. And so we see Kato put that on his back. And then as a reward slash good job, Carino draws some pictures on the plenty of band-aids. It's like six or seven band-aids on each knee. Yeah, to which at a point, Kotaro was like, and it took me quite a while to make sure they were nice and lined up. They, they're not lined up. They're all odd angles. But so he draws on both sets of band-aids. On one, he draws Tono-saman, the anime that Kotaro really likes. And on the other one, he draws a boy. It's meant to be Kotaro. We very shortly learn. But Kotaro is pretty happy about this and he smiles. And Karino thinks about how he's never seen Kotaro smile before, which is weird because kids smile all the time, but not Kotaro. And then he's also like, also, I feel a lot more motivated to work on my manga. And then Kotaro's like, that other drawing looks like an old man. Yeah. And Karino's like, that's supposed to be you. And then there's a Yakuza dude outside buzzing at Kotaro's apartment. And is like, open up. Where are you? Bang, 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 bang. Yeah. So Kotaro and Karino pop their heads out of Karino's apartment, and the Yakuza-looking guy walks over. Oh, they pop their heads out, and Karino goes, do you know that guy? And Kotaro goes, you don't? Yeah. And then the Yakuza guy walks on over, and we see, like, he... He fawns over Kotaro. That is yeah, the best he fawns word. over Kotaro. And I, I didn't take a lot of notes on this next part, but, like, essentially, the, the base bones of it is the Yakuza goon guy, Isam, Isamu? Isamu Toramu. Isamu. Um, is essentially just using uh, Kotaro as a replacement for his own son, who he can't see or interact with because his 
baby mama. It's unclear if his son's mother, whether it be his wife, ex-wife, girlfriend, or whatever. Baby mama. Yeah. I don't like the term. It, it's an accurate term, though. We don't know their, we don't know their past relationship. Mm-hmm. Instead of saying ex-girlfriend, ex-wife, or whatever. Yeah. It's unclear whether she's the one preventing him from seeing his son or not, or if she's actually being genuine and passing along the fact that his son apparently doesn't want to talk to him. Yeah. And so he bought a... Tono Saman plush for his son, but he couldn't give it to his son, so he gives it to Kotaro. And when Kotaro finds out that it's just, that it wasn't a gift actually intended for Kotaro, he calls it a lie. He's like, "This is a lie. This isn't a gift." And Isamu is just like, "Yeah, you you caught me. I I'm just happy I didn't get thrown out." Because that's what started it all. Isamu was like, "I'm just happy I didn't get thrown out." And Kotaro asks what it was about. Mm-hmm. So Kotaro is upset, and he and Karino are leaving back out, and. At the top of the stairs, Kodoro's on the top and Kodoro is behind him. Kodoro stops and he asks Karino if the pictures on his band-aids were lies as well. And Karino gets upset by this because like, he genuinely cares about Kotaro and he's like... And also he, as an artist, genuinely cares about his art. He's like, how would it be a lie? I, I did it because I wanted... I did it out of the thanks and because I wanted you to be happy. Like, yeah, it had nothing to do with anything except... Yeah, he, asked, he then asked Kodoro if Kodoro's smile when he saw the pictures was a lie. And Kodoro just turns and kind of runs off to his apartment saying it wasn't a lie. Yep. They're, they're not a lie. And then the episode ends with Kotaro watching Tanasamon on his TV and singing the theme song. Yes. We then get an outro, which is well, just a... S- it technically ends there. Then there's As a- he's singing it, there's a brief like watercolor-esque panel uh, scene Kod- where it's him with... Karino. Yeah, Karino and Kotaro sitting. Mm-hmm. And then it's our ending panel, which is just Kotaro... Looking out his window. So just a static image of Kotaro mm-hmm. while credits roll and a song plays. So Josh, what are your thoughts on episode one of Kotaro Lives Alone? Does he though? I mean, I, I, he technically has his own bedroom, but like... And his own kitchen. Yeah. And his own bathroom. Well, it's one room. It's just one room. Let's let's not oversell. It's it's one room with, uh, a, with a closet that is a toilet. And then an actual closet, so three rooms. Closets aren't rooms. You lie. Eh, they might as well be in Japan. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, okay, so he technically lives alone, but like mm-hmm. this show is obviously about the found family that Kotaro has at the apartment complex. Isamu and Mizuki and Karino and whoever the other two neighbors are who we haven't met yet. But it's adorable. It's kind of hilarious. Honestly, the big thing about Kotaro lives alone is that Kotaro is four years old. Yeah. But the way he acts in his dialogue creates a suspension of disbelief where you kind of can forget scene to scene that he is four years old until something like he scrapes his knee or yeah. like he uh he's sitting swinging his legs in a chair while singing along with an anime opening yeah exactly like until these moments and because that's something only four-year-olds do I, I never do that and there's more moments like this in episode two but like until those moments it's it's easy to like forget that he isn't like a detective Conan, where like, yes, he's technically a child, but he's, but he's also... technically actually an adult who got turned into a child. Yeah, weird stuff. Exactly. It's it's hard to forget that it's not just animation shenanigans, or that he's not a thousand year old dragon who just happens to look like a little child. No, if he was a thousand year old dragon, he would look like a gel bait, like fourteen year old or something. And that's how anime fans who engage in shipping culture would justify it that was the joke yes thank you for killing it oh my bad but yeah what about you i enjoyed it i think it's very amusing at points it's a lot heavier than the netflix trailer cut 
like implied from when just hovering over the show. I don't know. I think the trailer has moments where it implies that it's got like he- heaviness to it. Okay, so I didn't pay attention to the one that was playing when we watched it on the television. Mm-hmm. There was a different one when I had it open on my phone because mm-hmm. you have to click into the show before it'll show you, and it does a it'll play different shit when you're like in the show information or if you're hovering it over sometimes on Netflix. Mm-hmm. The one I saw played it much more like a comedy bit. So that's why I originally added it to our list of stuff. I was like, man, that looks amazing. I'll probably watch that. And after this point, yeah, I would definitely watch episode two. I too would watch episode two, which unfortunately doesn't have titles. I mean, it does. Or at least not titles that were available to us. The Wikipedia doesn't have titles for the episodes. And despite the fact that there is Japanese text on the screen, which is probably the titles for the episode, they aren't translated this time. I mean, if we tried hard enough, we could have figured it out. Uh, Yep. My phone has a Google lens. It attempts to translate things. Translates them horribly because it's Google, but it attempts it. When did our show become about effort? I don't fucking know. Yeah, exactly. It's not. Uh. So we open episode two with the Tono Saman opening, and honestly, I'm fucking down with it. There's not a lot to it. It's very classic. Like, look, here's the samurai. Look, he's standing up of an Edo period castle, and then he's fighting on a bridge, and then he's fighting other people. Hey, but look, there he, are no, sakura piles. He fights. He doesn't fight people. He fights mushrooms. Yes, he fights mushroom men. Yeah. Hey, look, there are sakura petals floating down because, of course. Yeah, so then after the Tanasamon intro, we cut, we cut to a flashback of Kodoro and Karino watching Tanasamon together. Yeah, because it actually, so it cuts back to the, their conversation outside, and then we see them actually watching it that night. So yeah. apparently this is set partway through episode one? Yeah, it's a it's partway through episode one, so it's before Mizuki passes out drunk. And before we meet Isamu. Yeah, but after... The bathhouse. Yeah, so... The mushroom men's goal seems to be to make children eat mushrooms, and thus Tanasamon's primary goal is to protect children from the horridness of eating mushrooms. Yes. Which is apparently a worldwide issue. Not only do American children hate mushrooms, Japanese children also hate mushrooms. Like, for example, here in the... Because we get a a sample of the show, basically. We see a child being blackmailed by Snitch Shroom. Snitch Shroom. Who is blackmailing him by being like, if you don't eat the shiitake mushroom, I'm going to tell everyone that your father got laid off from his job and that he's missing now. And then the kid laments about the fact that his father is not there. And that he hates shiitake mushrooms. And then Tono Samazan shows up to save him. Yep. And Kotaro spe- spends the entire time while he's watching Tanasamon, quoting Tanasamon's lines back at the TV. Yes. And Karino spends the entire time Kotaro is watching Tanasamon, thinking to himself, man, this show is stupid. Yeah. Also, this intro to this episode, this very opening part, mm-hmm. serves to detail to us how Kotaro got his sense of speech. Because it's... Very similar to... Tanasamon. Yeah. Tanasamon, the mushroom-killing samurai-type Digimon. <sighs> Snitchroom, the lying-type mushroom Pokemon. <laughs> so, anyways, after Kotaro leaves, Karino does some research on his phone while he's laying in bed about Tanasamon. Only for him to realize that it's not very popular and it doesn't seem to be like a thing people actually want yeah. or care about. And he's just like, well, I guess that makes sense. Kotaro is an odd kid. Yep. So we then cut to Karino and Kotaro in the bathhouse again. Because apparently Karino has lost the argument and Kotaro has decided they are constantly going to the bathhouse. What? Every day. And Because this is like, literally the next day after the first time. Yeah. Well, if it's the next day, it has to be after the Mizuki thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. So while they're there... Karino is asking Kotaro why he likes Tonosan. 
And Kotaro is like, I, ha- I do have to agree. The show doesn't have much of a plot. It's not very good. Neither and, are the characters. But it's not really about that. Tanasamon has a special place in my heart. Yeah. And while they're having this conversation, there is a kid crying in the background about how he doesn't want to go home. And, and his dad's just trying to like, come on. Like, yeah. Let's go. Let's go. And then uh, Karino's like, yeah, but like, you're kind of lucky in the regards that you can stay up late and watch it. When I was a kid, my parents wouldn't let me stay up at all. Well, before that part, because Karino's like, well... What do you mean? Because it's even before he says the show has a special place in his heart. Kodoro says, because Kodoro's like, well, then why do you watch? And Kodoro goes, well, I didn't know shows were meant to be entertaining. Yeah, and then we cut to what I said. Mm-hmm. And then Kodoro gets to the bathroom and Karino's like, oh, oh shit, shit, I fucked up. Yeah. I mentioned parents again. But instead, Kodoro is walking up to the crying boy and he goes, remember, even when you're upset like this, that you have someone that loves you and they're with you. And so the boy kind of stops crying and the dad picks up the boy and they yeah. walk off. And Karino comes up to Kotaro, and Kotaro looks at him and goes, that boy is fortunate. He'll never have to look for guidance from TV in the middle of the night. Yeah. And we cut. We get a cut of, like, a younger It's Kotaro hard to tell if it's younger. It's a silhouette of Kotaro watching, watching Tanasamon late at night. Mm-hmm. And then he says, again, that the kid's life will be fine because he has people that care for him. Yep. And then Karino says nothing because he's just like, what the fuck, man? <laughs> yeah. Then they're getting dressed, and Kotaro tells Karino, to clarify earlier... I no longer need the guidance of Tanasumon because I have grown into an exceptional adult. And then Karino points out that Kotaro put his shirt on backwards. And Kotaro's just like, you've passed my test. We then cut to Kotaro watching Tanasumon. Yes. And gets announced that the next episode is the series finale. Yeah. Um, so then... The screen goes black. Mm-hmm. And in that blackness, we hear Kotaro asking a pretty questioning kind of voice. Finale? And then we're cut over to Karino being woken up by banging on his door and his doorbell constantly going off. And it's the Yakuza dude. Yeah, it's Isamu who's just like, what the fuck are we going to do about the finale for uh, Tano-san And he's like, what? And so I'm just going to go ahead and cover this all at once because we do cut back and forth a bit here. Mm-hmm. So Isamu and Karuno are just talking. And it's mainly just Isamu being like, look, man, Tano-san means a lot to Kotaro. And violently shaking Karuno yeah. while he's doing this. We got to do something about it. And Karuno's like, you're right. When I watched it with him the other night. He was repeating the lines, and then Isamu's like, what? Let's know by a show. And he's like, you watch television with Kotaro and such. Why are you hogging him all to yourself? Yeah, and then they seem to come to a consensus about a plan. We don't know what it is. And, and Meanwhile, outside, Kotaro meanwhile. Has, has set up a couple of signs that are like, 10 yen per person. Mm-hmm. And so a couple comes up to him, and they're like, 10 yen for what? He's like, and I will perform... Tanasumon for you. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh. And so the woman of the couple asks him to perform. And he starts performing Tanasumon. And when he finishes, the guy's like, that wasn't worth 10 yen. Which, by the way, 10 yen is 10 cents. I don't care if it's a three-year-old street performer. If you go up and prompt them to be like, hey, do your performance. And then can't tip a dime. Yeah. You're a shitty human being. <laughs> right. Because street performing is still like work. Yeah. Don't be a dick. So... The girl smiles and she's clapping and then Kotaro pulls a dime out of his can. He's like, here's well, a 10 yen. A 10 yen piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a 10 yen piece. Uh, and they, uh, they look confused and he's like, he, then he looks at the boy and he's like, you don't get one. You didn't earn it. Yeah, so. You did nothing for it. She actually reaches for her purse to like give him a 10 yen. Yeah. But her boyfriend takes it from, from her and then he gives her yeah. a 10 yen and then he looks at the boy and goes, you did nothing to earn it. Yeah. And then we see a bunch of people. It's a little montage of people. And the people who are smiling are happy. Kotaro gives a, a tin yen coin. Yep. And the ones who are unimpressed or not paying attention or just don't care get nothing. And then we see him sitting back down by himself. And he's just like, tin yen isn't enough? 
Yeah. Is it nearly enough? Because he a... remembers the first guy saying that it wasn't, that was too much. Let me see a flashback of Kotaro doing his impression yet again. Once again, as a younger child, and instead of having a sword to reenact Tanasamon, he has a rolled up newspaper mm-hmm. or magazine. And it appears he's doing this impression for his mother, who we see smile. And so effectively, Kotaro has been paying people to allow him to live out this memory that makes him happy. Which is really fucked up. Which is Jesus why, you know, he's rewarding Christ. the people who fuel into this fantasy basically and not rewarding those who didn't really fucked up way to cope dude (laughs) right fucked up way to cope so then we see kotaro getting ready to watch the finale and then karino and isamu show up and to see if they can watch around and kotaro's just like why they're like because it's the finale and karino's just like also i'm pretty sure this show really shapes the way you talk and maybe you'll stop talking like that now so and kotaro goes i will never cease to be (laughs) yeah so they all sit down they're watching and as we see Kotaro repeat the first line, so do Isamu and Karino, though Karino is this very low energy, mm-hmm. which pisses off Isamu, so they start arguing. And then Kotaro interrupts them and goes, you can both give me 10 yen now. Well, um, and like I think this is because like the idea that was set up earlier is he was paying people 10 yen mm-hmm. because they were allowing him to relive a happy memory. Yeah. And then with Karino and Isamu arguing, it's dredging up like bad memories. Or, or you know, if you didn't miss the scene, as they're arguing, we see the side of his face and he smiles at the sound of their argument. Oh. Mm-hmm. He smiles briefly at the sound of their argument and then tells them they can pay him 10 yen. I'm assuming because it's very much reminding him of exactly why he why the show is what it is to him. Maybe. Because he's watching it as there are people arguing in the background. Huh. Maybe. I guess I misinterpreted that. I didn't see him smile at that. He did. He sees the corner of his mouth and it tilts up a bit. This it's is not a big smile. It's a small smile. This is smile. the issue with taking notes while watching shows. You miss tiny things. Anyways, that's the end of that night. And then we cut to Karino and Kodaro at the beginning of what is essentially a new episode, Walking Towards the Bathhouse. And yeah. Karino is once well, again attempting... Before that, when they leave, Kotaro and Karino talk, and Karino asks Kotaro if he'll be okay without Tonosaman on at night to help. And Kotaro's like, of course I'll be fine. I don't need the show. And then that night, we see him in his futon, and he's just thinking to himself, and then says out loud, basically that he's got this, but we see his hands clench tightly around the top of his blanket, which, starting very much in this episode that we did see some in the first episode, Every time something seems to be very hard for Kodoro to deal with, but he won't express it, we see his hands clench. Yeah. He has a lot of hand okay, clenching. He hand fair. clenches here, and this very much leads into a plot in a bit later in this episode itself, where Kodoro mm. won't be able to sleep. It's the next episode. Because we had the bath episode, and then the... Oh, you're talking about within, within this two. episode. You're talking episode about episode two. Art larger episode two, not yes. like mini episodes within episodes. Because those two. aren't episodes. Oh, they definitely are. No, they're tiny. They're tiny arcs in it. Yeah. So we then cut to probably the next night, if I had a guess. Yeah. And it's Karino and Kotaro heading once more to the bathhouse, and Karino is attempting to once again dissuade Kotaro from needing to bathe every day. He's like, because it's so much money for him. And Kotaro is like. Yes, but that's fine. That's not a problem. And Karino's like, maybe for you it's not. And Kodoro's like, I'm not making you come. Bathing is important to cleanliness. And it's not just about cleanliness. It's a place to relax. But unfortunately, the bathhouse is closed and will be for a couple days due to the boiler being out. Yes. This leads to a series of scenes where Kodoro slowly forces more and more distance between himself and other people. Yes. Um, there's uh, some such gags scenes, in here. Yeah, but... such scenes include him... Walking on like equivocally one end of the screen and Karino on the other end of the screen. Or trying to get his change back from the convenience store with this toy with his sword. With toy sword. And it gets to the point where we see Karino talking to Mizuki. Like, have you noticed anything weird? Because he's been off. And then she's like, no, I'll keep an eye out. 
And then we have Kari now talking to Kotaro again. And Kotaro's like, do you have a smartphone? And then from there, we cut to the next scene where Kari now is in a convenience store. And he gets a phone call. And Kotaro's just like, I left the goods and the money on the cash register if you could complete the transaction for me. Yeah. And so then once he comes outside, this is, like I was saying, it's a buildup of him distancing himself physically more and more from other people until he snaps. And this is where he snaps because he has Karino pay for the stuff for him. And then he's like, yeah, so if you could just throw that to me. And Karino's like, nah, dude, here. And tries to hand it to him. And Kotaro jumps backwards. And he's like, no, I am unclean. We cannot be near each other. I wouldn't want to offend those near me. Yeah. The people around me. And Kotaro, and Karino's like, I haven't bathed either. And nobody's going to care if you smell a little bit, dude. It's not a big deal. And as all this is happening, we see Mizuki walking towards them, mm-hmm. assumedly on her way home from work or wherever she's been. And as Karino says the stuff, Kotaro just takes off. Well, she's probably not coming back from work because she works at a hostess club. I said work her somewhere else. I Like, it's fine. She's coming from somewhere, man. Probably not work. It's entirely possible that she's coming from work because hostess bars and hostess clubs open really early and sometimes they run really late. And sometimes you go in even though you're not going to be there in the night because you're kind of expected to. Or it could be the fact that she may not have been working directly at the hostess club, but she was asked to go out and buy one of the people who constantly visit her. And as she is expected to do, she has to treat like she's on an actual date. And it's effectively work. And she will sometimes get tips from it. Probably not coming from work. Could though. be work from work. You don't fucking it could know. Be, it could be work related, but it's probably not like work. Nah, fuck off. <laughs> I like how like you're getting like so aggressive about it. But even if she was on a date with a customer, that's not really work. She probably will get a tip from it and like develop customer relationships, but not really work. Like, in the sense that she's currently being paid an hourly wage. An hourly wage? You mean a salary instead, because hourly wages, who would do that? You're working, like, 12 fucking hours, and you're expected to sleep at your job sometimes. What's an hourly wage? I I don't think hostesses are expected to sleep. No, I I don't either, but what I'm saying is, Japan's fucked on what they consider work or not, so... Okay, that's actually a fair point. (laughs) Yeah, so I'm gonna go with work. Anyways, so Karina's trying to give... Kotaro's groceries and Kotaro ends up running off. Yeah, and Mizuki's just like, you should probably think before you're speaking. Kaya's just like, what do you mean? And she's like, I don't he know. Obviously he obviously has some type of trauma related to like bathing, bathing. or not maybe being he, clean. Or... Maybe he didn't have the ability to like be clean or stuff, or maybe he thought he had to be perfect or that if he smelled bad, he'd get in trouble. There's a lot of different things, man. <laughs> yeah. So this leads into the next scene where Kotaro is subjecting himself to the horrors of bathing in his kitchen sink, yeah. which is right out of his window as well. To which we see because Mizuki pops her head up the window and she's just talking to him. And he and- is intensely embarrassed not to be seen yes. bathing, but because that's not really a cultural taboo in Japan because yeah. bathhouses are public, but because he is bathing in his sink. Yeah. And he apologizes for the site and apologizes for everything for him. And he's like, but now at least my dear neighbor won't hate me. And Karino, who's out outside can hear crouching below the window he's like i don't hate him why would he think that yeah and so kotaro and mizuki have this conversation and she's Mm -hmm. like well at least the bathhouse opens back up tomorrow and he's like yes that'll be a relief and then he invites her but she's like i have work maybe next time and yeah kurito's like obviously she's not gonna go to the bathhouse with you kid nice try yeah Um, and then from there we go to it's nighttime kotaro wakes up hold on one second we didn't mention it in this story but Mm -hmm. we also learn here that mizuki has a shower in her apartment yes because she offered to let kotaro use it yeah she tells karino and they're talking like when karino mentions she's like i would have let him use my shower yeah but so then our next bit kotaro wakes up late at night and exits his apartment and we see mizuki getting home and she sees kotaro outside with his pillow and she's just like why are you out here he doesn't really answer he just heads back inside yeah and then the next morning we see mizuki leaving out to work apparently because that's what she says and it is morning yeah, but she doesn't get home until, like... Late at night, yeah. Late, late at night, yeah. Yeah, but what I'm saying is apparently her shifts are very long or very varied. 
So well, we also don't know if it's morning. It could be like four. In nah, the she af- works swing shifts. It could be like three or four in the afternoon. Anyways, Kodoro has this, giant- show, this show only has two times: yeah, daytime yeah. and nighttime. And the switch happens immediately, and it becomes a joke. Anyways, Kodoro has giant bags under his eyes. Yeah, because he's not sleeping. Yeah, and then when she's getting back, she sees that Kodoro's light is on that night. Yeah. So then we see Kodoro and Karino. Headed out to take trash out when Mizuki opens her door and she invites Kotaro for a sleepover. Yeah. Because it's her day off. And then she's like, and we can also go to the bathhouse. And Karino is just like, in his mind, like, wait, what? And Kotaro's just like, well, I couldn't refuse the invitation of a lady. Yeah. And so they like go out for food and hang out, go to the bathhouse and take take baths. Go back to her place, watch television, brush their teeth, and then go to bed. Mm -hmm. And so Mizuki has a conversation with Karino and she's like, I think he's having nightmares. Yeah, because in the morning... His eye bags are even worse. Yeah. Which we learn because Karino notes it. Yeah. And so Karino and Kodoro are walking together and Kodoro goes, so I heard you've been having nightmares lately. Yeah. Mizuki thought maybe having somebody to sleep with would help that, but apparently it didn't. And And Kodoro's just like, yes, uh, it's a shame that you've heard it. It's embarrassing for someone of my age. And then he's like, but it wasn't that I couldn't sleep because of nightmares last night. Instead, it was just the first time I had somebody use my arm as a pillow. Yes, and, to which Karino kind of blanches. He's just like jealous. And the smell of Mizuki's hair, just so nice. How could I sleep like that? And then he's like, but don't worry. I shall sleep splendidly tonight, remembering those. And Karino's like, I guess men are perverts at any age. Yeah. And then we see it's night. Karino is moving his futon closer to the wall between his and... Kodoro's apartment because Which confused me yeah my assumption is because japan is kind of known for having really really bad insulation between buildings and walls like apparently insulation is just not as big of a thing there and also the walls are generally very thin especially in older apartment buildings mm-hmm. supposedly so my assumption is he's moving his futon closer that way he can hear if Kodoro gets up at night yeah that makes sense but the next morning Kodoro's talking to karino and he has little dazzly sparkly effects all around him and he's like i slept wonderful last night i dreamed that mizuki came over and cuddled me all night and karino goes i'm moving my futon back yes and that's the end of that episode, mm-hmm. or that part of that episode, yeah. that story mm-hmm. arc within mm-hmm. the episode. Stop calling it an episode. I'm sorry, my brain... Cool, like... it's not. It's not an episode. We see a sign for a kindergarten, mm-hmm. and it's for a kindergarten entrance ceremony. Yes. And we see Kodoro dressed in his kindergarten uniform. Now, it's his normal clothes. He's got his, like, purple hoodie with the star. The only mm-hmm. real difference is he has a hat on. No, that's when we see him leaving. When we first see oh. him, he is in his entrance ceremony because he's oh. at, the, at the school, and he's in line. And when he gets to the line, he gives his name, and the lady asks where his parents are, and he's just like, I can handle this by myself. And then we see Karino talking to Mizuki, because she shows up looking for Kotaro, because she has donuts. And he's like, I-, I don't know. You definitely skipped over the scene. No, no, wait, sorry, because before she shows up, we see Karino frustrated, like, brushing his teeth and stuff, because of his interaction with Kotaro, which mm-hmm. is in a flashback. Okay, and that's when is wearing his normal hoodie, mm-hmm. the purple hoodie with the star on And the he's back. wearing his hat. And Karino's like, hey, where are you going? And Kodoro's like, don't you worry. It's none of your business. And yeah. Karino's like, what's with the new hat? And Kodoro's like, still none of your business. Yeah. And then that little flashback is interrupted by Mizuki showing up with donuts. Yeah. And she's like, I had donuts for him. Yeah. And then he's just like, I, I don't know. He left. And hearing that Kodoro isn't there, he saw me rush up the stairs. He's like, you better not be hogging Kodoro to yourself. Yes. And he's just like, I, I don't know. He left. And then conveniently, there is a daughter and her mother running late to the elementary school entrance ceremony just down the street. Kindergarten, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, kindergarten is part of an elementary school, at least in America. Yeah, but not really in most countries. I, I don't know how it is in Japan. 
But while Isamu, Karino, and Mizuki are all talking, Kotaro is at the entrance ceremony. He's pinned his name badge to his chest. Yes, and he is sitting, and, waiting for the And this ceremony little dick of a kid is like, what are you doing here by yourself? Your Everybody parents? has mommy and daddies with them. You're weird. And Kotaro's like, I'm not weird. My parents are here. He's like, no, they're not. He's like, yes, they are. They're, they're master ninjas. You Wait, would, what? You would never be able to see them. They're so skilled in camouflage that you'd be dead before you saw them. That's so cool. And then, so, back with the three adults. They realized after seeing the mother and daughter running late that, oh, that's what that hat was. And they show up to the receptionist at the mm-hmm. kindergarten and she's like, oh, and then they ask for Kotaro Sato. We learn his last name here. Yes. He's Kotaro Sato, the famous Sato automobiles, Sotomobiles, Sato Industries. So anyway, she asks if they're his guardians. And they're like, yes, we're his parents. Well, Mizuki says I'm his mom. Isamu and Karino both say they're his dad. And then Isamu glares and starts like shoving him. And the lady goes, well, all families are a little complicated. I love that she just accepts that they're a thruple. She's like, oh. Or that, you know. No, she accepts they're a thruple. She is super progressive Japanese lady. Let me have this. This is, don't, don't, don't step parent this. No, she accepts them as the thruple they are. See, I'd like to believe that, but it's Japan. So I'm going to go with no. <laughs> That was, that's, that's literally how I noted it down. She, they're like, we're his parents. And she's like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So anyways, they all head inside and Kotaro is sitting there and then Kari now joins the next him. And Kari she's like, you don't have to do this stuff by yourself. And Kotaro's like, look, I don't need you guys. Please go away. No, no. Kotaro literally says, I have no idea what you're talking about. I I was yeah. being hyper. And then Isamu shoves Kari out of the way. She's like, why are you sitting there? Then Mizuki's just like, I brought donuts for when this is done. And then Kotaro, who has been tensed off this entire time, we see his shoulders drop. We see his hands unclench. And he's just like, I did have I, issues with my pen. I put my badge on myself, but it's not the best. Can one of you help me with it? Yeah. Yeah. And then that's the end of that bit. Then we see him at a convenience store buying a bento box for uh, school. First, we see a banner that says, Wednesdays are bento days. Yeah, but it's not Wednesdays. It seems to be every day. So <laughs> I think that's a translation error because it specifically says in the banner, Wednesdays are bento days. Yeah. But we see him at a convenience store. He buys a bento. He goes to school. Other people have character bentos, which means fun animals, or they're meant to look like anime characters or whatever. Or they're designed to look like a train or a cat or yeah. so on and so forth. But yeah. his just looks normal. So the jerky kid from before is just like, your bento's so plain. And he's just like, you wouldn't understand. It's a bento meant for ninjas. Yes, yeah, so the kid is. It's super secret and super special. It's obviously standard again. And then Kotaro pulls out his phone to take a picture of the other kid's bento box. And he's like, we're not supposed to have those here, though. He's like, it'll just be our secret. And the kid's like, oh, cool. Yeah. Because this kid, well, the fact that he is a dick. Like, he's gullible as fuck. He, he's just like, ninjas? For real? Yeah. So then we see Kotaro back at the convenience store. And this time he's assembling his own character bento at the counter area. Because a lot of Japanese convenience stores have an area where you can heat up your food. Or they will heat it up for you. And then a lot of them have like a little counter area or secluded counter space where you can eat your food. Man, I... There, this is a really deep memory in my brain. There was this gas station in between, I think, Louisville and where we used to live. Mm-hmm. And it had one of those counter spaces and a microwave. And, or maybe it was where I went to college and where we used to live. Mm-hmm. But it had one of those counter spaces. And I remember I would stop there on the way back between things. Yeah. And it was just really nice. It's like you would stop there at like two in the morning after a show or something. You would get something. You would face it in the microwave and then you would sit down and eat. It was so nice. I yeah. wish more gas stations had those areas in America. Mm-hmm. God. So he does that, and then he shows up at school with a Tonosaman bento. bento, and it is a very nice-looking bento, and all the other kids are just standing by it. I don't want to be, like, that guy, but I don't understand 
the like a pill of these like super overly designed bentos it's food yo i'm gonna eat it but anyways so he's happy with that and then as he's leaving for the day he hears a mother and her daughter talking and yeah she's like i really like the cat bento um can we do another another bento yeah and her mom's just like yeah and you can help me and so now Kotaro's got this idea that he wants like someone to help him make a bento. So he he goes back to the convenience store and he starts enlisting the help of, of customers, random customers. He's just like, he I'm just, on the quest to make the best bento. And he's just asking people to add things to it. Yeah. And it's like four or five people help him build this like mm-hmm. bento. They're all giving individual suggestions. And the next day it's the show says it's the next day, but it has to be the next week based on what the show said previously. Anyways. He gets to school and he has a bento and they're like, that doesn't look as good as last time. But he doesn't care. He doesn't bother like making an excuse. He literally just says, you're just too young to understand the importance of it, the value of it. Yeah. And so like he's, I, 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 this is probably my favorite like short, but the story arc, he's like, yeah, it's very, very short, but it has the most character growth for guitar. Like Mm -hmm. in any of these story arcs, this is him going from like having to lie and feel like he needs to impress people to like not yeah and then at the end of it he is sitting outside of the convenience store in the evening and the cashier comes out and she's just like what are you doing he's just like i want to express my gratitude to everyone who helped me make my bento so i'm waiting for them to come back and that's it yeah that's the end of the uh, episode and then we get a new still of kotaro holding somebody's hand while he's on his way to kindergarten it's it's kari now it has his flip-flops it's his sweatpants and it's his hand. Okay, I thought it looked like Karina, but I didn't want to commit. But yeah, that more was... importantly, Kodoro looks vaguely happy in this in the end here. Yep, and that's Kodoro lives alone. The first two episodes of this show is adorable. Um, yes, honestly, a little painful sometimes though. Like it's 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 kind of heavy at times. Yeah, and it gets worse. I I read the Wikipedia by accident. I didn't. Know what we I didn't. I didn't read the Wikipedia because I planned on watching more of it myself. Tissues. That's all I have to say. Whatever that vague statement means, yes. Yeah. No, the show's really good. I enjoyed it a lot. I will watch the next eight episodes. It's only ten episodes. Yeah. They're about a half hour piece. There's also a live drama version of it in Japanese. Depends on how much I like the animated version. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. I still haven't gotten The show's gone. dope. Yeah, the show's very good. I would definitely recommend you check it out. It's on Netflix. It's brand new, 2022. Episodes are about half an hour long. Yep. Totally worth the watch. So, anyways... If you want to contact us to tell us about, I don't know, how much you like singing along to random anime shows, intros. Or or how much you like designing character-based bento boxes. Yeah. You can do so by emailing us at copilotsreview at gmail.com. Hitting us up on Twitter at copilotsreview. Checking out our website at copilotsreview.simplecast.com can let you find a link to our Discord, our email, and our Twitter and our YouTube and our Patreon. I didn't find it. I remember to link that. I site. will update that before this episode goes live. Yeah, it, it was in the show notes, but I, I forgot how yeah, to link that. The website's the best way to find us anywhere you want to find us. And again, that website is copilotsreview.simplecast.com. And we have a Patreon now where we have special bonus content on a basically bi-weekly schedule as well as our brand box, which is the stuff that we didn't release because it was too bad to release. Yeah, that was because it was fucked up. It just wasn't good. So or whatever. If you want to like li- listen to more of our stuff, even though some of the audio quality is a little sketchy, go check us out on Patreon. It should be patreon.com backslash copilots review, but I don't know. That sounds like how Patreon works. Anyways, though, thank you for flying with us, and please fly again soon. Mm-hmm.